0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to this edition of the BreastCancer.org podcast. I'm Jamie DePolo. I'm the senior editor, and today we are going to be talking with Christina Nixon, who is a licensed certified genetic counselor. And this is the first in a series of three podcasts talking about genetics, genetic counseling, and genetic testing. And we know this is a big issue for a lot of people. People are very interested in it. So we're very delighted that Christina has joined us for these three podcasts. Uh, Christina is a licensed certified genetic counselor as I said. She's with the risk assessment, or Cancer Risk Assessment and Genetics Program at Mainline Health in Pennsylvania. In addition to counseling patients, she also assists with research, including most recently a study looking at multi-gene panels in BRCA1 and BRCA2 positive families. Christina also has completed the City of Hope's intensive course in cancer risk assessment. And today we're going to be talking about genetics and breast cancer. Christina, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So to start with, let's let's start very basic. What are genes? Because we hear all this stuff about genetic testing, genes and cancers, genes and people. So what what
1: are they? So genes are basically just short segments of DNA that provide instructions telling our cells how, how to perform different functions. Um, DNA is made up of four different chemicals, which we can abbreviate with the letters A. C, T, and G, and each gene has its own unique spelling of this chemical code, which can actually be hundreds to thousands of letters long. The cell is then able to interpret the unique sequence of these letters as instructions telling it how to perform different functions. And these functions could vary from things like physical traits, things like hair color, height. Uh, eye color as well as bodily functions like digestion and even at the cellular level it's it could tell a cell how often to grow and divide okay Uh, genes are also in every cell of our body and they're always inherited from both of our parents okay and so what makes a gene
0: abnormal when we talk about like an abnormal brca1 gene and are there different types of abnormalities
1: Sure. Um, an abnormal gene results when there is an alteration that occurs within that chemical code or within the DNA of a gene. Um, and basically because of, of this alteration in the chemical code, it prevents the gene from not being able to interpret those instructions and so um, it's not able to function as well or sometimes it's not able to function at all. Um, so you could think of it like a spelling mistake in your DNA um, and that disrupts, again, those instructions. Some types of alterations within genes are not harmful. Uh, those are what we call benign changes and then there are alterations which definitely are harmful and we refer to those as mutations. Okay. okay. So I could have
0: an abnormal gene and I'd never know it because it's not causing any problems. Correct, okay. yes. Okay. okay. And that would just be abnormal, but if I had a mutation, then that's a problem.
1: Right, and sometimes even with disease-causing mutations, um, you may not know that you have that mutation either just because it hasn't shown up yet, or in some cases, you may never develop the, di- the disease. Um, sometimes it's just a predisposition where you're at higher risk of developing disease, but you necessarily don't go on to develop it. Okay. Now, do most people
0: have some abnormal or altered genes? I mean, is that common?
1: Yes. Um, everyone has abnormal genes. In fact, these mutations, most mutations are actually acquired uh, throughout life, either you know from exposure to something in the environment or due to lifestyle factors like smoking um, or just simply because of mistakes that happen in the DNA as cells are growing and dividing um there are also mutations that are inherited from one or both of our parents
0: okay so now and i know i'm going to ask you this and i know it's a it's a big long term but there so there is a difference between an inherited mutation and an acquired mutation yes okay
1: so inherited mutations um are actually in every cell of the body uh, because they're passed down you know from one parent or both parents whereas an acquired mutation usually only occurs in one cell and one gene of one cell within the body
0: okay Are is one or the other more harmful to a person or are they equal or doesn't matter um,
1: you know so for example take cancer most cancer is caused by acquired mutations. Okay. So versus um, a, a small percentage of cancers are because of an inherited mutation, um, but it's actually in combination with an acquired mutation as well. So when when it's hereditary, it, it, it's a combination of inherited mutation plus acquired mutation. So it that's a, kind of a tough question to okay. answer as far as what is worse. Um, with inherited mutations, when we're talking about cancer, uh, usually the cancers will, when they happen, will happen at younger ages. Okay. Um, and sometimes a person could develop more than one type of cancer or multiple cancers throughout their life because of the inherited mutation. Okay.
0: Now, for the the BRCA1 and the BRCA2 genes, I'm I'm going to ask you what they do, but we talk about them as being inherited mutations. Do, are they ever an acquired mutation or is that always an inherited problem?
1: So they can, there can also be acquired mutations in BRCA1 and BRCA2. Um, so when we think about our genes, let's take BRCA1, for example. Um, we actually have two copies of every gene because one copy comes from mom, the other copy comes from dad. So with BRCA1, if a person has inherited a mutation in the BRCA1 gene, it means that in all of their cells they have one copy of the gene that they inherited with the mutation and they have one working copy in all of their cells. So in order for a cancer to develop, at some point throughout their life something has to happen in a single cell to that working copy of the BRCA1 gene and if a mutation occurs in that working copy then that is when that cell is at risk to grow into a tumor. I see. Because it's okay. then lost both sets or both copies of the BRCA1 gene and normally what BRCA1 does is it it's a tumor suppressor gene as well as BRCA2. Their job is to actually prevent cells from growing into tumors. Okay. Um, so when there's a mutation that's what's increasing the risk for certain types of cancer, um, because of losing that set of instructions.
0: Okay. And then that's why I'm assuming that's why everybody who has a mutation in one of those genes does, isn't diagnosed with cancer because they may, they may still have that one working copy that's working just fine. Correct. Okay. Okay. Um, So we know that having an abnormal BRCA1 or BRCA2 gene is linked to a higher risk of breast cancer in both men and women, um, as well as other types of cancer. Are there, what are these other types of cancers that are are more common in people with these mutations?
1: Sure. So the second uh, most Second highest cancer risk in women who have a BRCA one or two mutation is ovarian cancer. Um, the ovarian cancer risk is up to forty four percent over a lifetime in women. Um, other cancer risks that you might see do include pancreatic cancer, as well as melanoma uh, in both men and women that have a BRCA mutation. Um, those risks are about seven each, about seven percent um and then in men men who have a mutation they also can have breast cancer risk uh not as high, not nearly as high as what it is in women um it's up to six percent over a lifetime uh and also they have a prostate cancer risk of about 20 percent
0: okay okay um so if there's a history of another cancer in a woman's family um say pancreatic cancer for example um In addition to breast cancer, are there other abnormalities that you talk about with somebody that you're counseling? Um, You know, is is there are there kind of? I guess I'm wondering if there are kind of suites of genes that go along with specific cancers.
1: Yes, absolutely. So. Um, When we take a family history as a genetic counselor and even with your physicians or nurses, whoever is asking about cancer family history, it's important to tell them about all of the cancer in the family, not just breast cancer. Even if breast cancer is your main concern, we still want to know about all of the cancer in the family because it really helps to guide what genes we focus on when we're talking with you about genetic testing. Genetic testing is for breast can- hereditary breast cancer has expanded so much beyond just BRCA1 and BRCA2. There, there are panels of genes now that we can test for linked with hereditary breast cancer, but then each gene that we test for is also associated with its own sort of spectrum of cancers. Um, so, for example, you asked about pancreatic cancer in addition to breast cancer. Um, One additional gene that we would definitely think of in that case would be a gene called uh, PALB2, Mm -hmm. uh, which which is similar. It it functions or it has similar risks to um, the BRCA2 gene when there's a mutation in in that gene. As far as the breast cancer risk, um, the pancreatic risk isn't as well defined with PALB2, but we know that there is a risk for it. Okay.
0: And do you ever, um, I guess when you're counseling somebody too, Do you talk about more than cancers with people? I'm wondering like autoimmune disorders or anything like that, does that play into this genetic thing or is it really um, just looking at cancers and known diseases?
1: Um, It's really looking at just cancer as well as benign tumors. Uh, We don't go so much into autoimmune disease or cardiovascular disease or other inherited conditions. We try to uh, keep it just to cancer-related genes. Okay.
0: Okay. And do we, or, oh, sorry, I, I wanted to ask too, um, you mentioned the PALB2 gene. What are some of the other genes that are linked to a higher risk of breast cancer?
1: Sure. There's, there's actually a, a number of them. Um, and I, I guess I'll focus on the genes that, that ha, are classified as high risk breast cancer genes. Um, one of those genes is called TP53. Uh, This is a gene that has a very high risk of
0: premenopausal
1: breast cancer. Uh, Women are young. They're usually in their 20s or 30s if they have a mutation in this gene and happen to develop breast cancer, Um, and it's associated with a syndrome called Lee-Fraumeni syndrome. Um, There's a very high risk of developing multiple types of cancer when there's a mutation in that gene. There's another gene called P10, where the breast cancer risk is anywhere between 50 and 85% over a lifetime. And other cancers that we might see include uterine cancer and thyroid cancer when there's a mutation in that particular gene. And it's associated with a syndrome called Cowden syndrome. Um, Another gene that I can think of is is, uh, CDH1. This is a gene where there's a very high risk of a specific type of stomach cancer called diffuse gastric cancer, uh, as well as up to a 52% risk of breast cancer, in particular, the lobular type of breast cancer. Um, and then the last high-risk gene is a gene called STK11, um, which is associated with a syndrome called uh, Pint-Jager syndrome. And women have up to a 50% chance of developing breast cancer when there's a mutation in that gene, along with um, a spectrum of other cancers as well.
0: Okay. Yeah, that is quite a few. And we hear, I'm just curious, we hear so much about, you know, the BRCA1 and BRCA2. Um, is it because these other genes, the connection is more
1: recent, was more recently found? Um, or... Well, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily... Um, more recently found. It's just that these genes are each a lot less common. We see them a lot less often than we see BRCA1 and 2. BRCA1 and 2 are still the most common genes that we see with hereditary breast cancer. Okay. Okay. So that's why we don't hear about them as much. Um, We're hearing more about what we call moderate risk genes, um, which include that PALB2 gene or PALB2 gene mm-hmm. that I mentioned earlier, while in some families the, the breast cancer risk does seem to be similar to families that have a BRCA2 mutation as far as breast cancer risk, there are other families where that, that risk is, is, seems to be lower um, when there's not as much family history, maybe closer to a 30% lifetime risk. Um, and there are two other genes, check two and ATM, uh, where these breast cancer risks are, you know, more in the the twenty five to thirty percent range, um, rather than those high risks. You know, high risk is defined as between fifty and eighty percent or higher over a lifetime. Okay, okay.
0: Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that it was that they were that uncommon. The, those other genes. Okay, that's good to know. Um, and we and all those can be tested for and acted upon. Is that right or, or no?
1: That's that's right. So okay. all of all of the genes I just talked about, including the moderate risk genes, there are actual uh, actually national guidelines um, that physicians can use to determine you know what type of screening uh, women may need or even preventative surgery for the high risk genes can be considered. So yes, there, there's definitely um, action that can be taken if a mutation is found in any of them. There are a subset of genes where they're relatively, they're very new uh, to genetic testing and they're linked with breast cancer, but we may not be able to say at this point in time how high that breast cancer risk actually is, and so it's harder in those cases with those genes to necessarily know what to recommend at this point. So. Um, in some of these panels of genes uh, that we're we're testing for, there is a a section in in some panels that, that includes these genes where we don't know as much about, and we do have that conversation ahead of time with patients to, you know, make them aware that if they go ahead with this test, we may find a mutation in a gene that we don't know as much about at this point in time, but the hope is that over time in the future we will have more information about those genes as well.
0: Okay and when somebody has a panel test um, is the genes that are tested for in that is it always the same or can you kind of pick and choose depending on someone's history?
1: So that's that's a great question It, it really depends on the lab that we're using. Um, there are multiple labs now that are doing these gene panels and some of the labs do allow us to customize the panel to pick only the genes that are are appropriate again based on the family history um, as well as pick genes that a person is truly interested in learning about you know there may be a gene Um, That a person really just does not want to know if they have a mutation in um, For various reasons, so we're able to exclude that from the panel But then there are other labs where the panel is kind of it's predefined Um, You can't customize it. It's kind of an it's an all or or nothing event You know we can't pick and choose the genes and so in, in some cases that can be a good thing because it may actually include genes that we wouldn't necessarily think to test for but we may incidentally pick up a gene mutation that we weren't expecting to find now I say that can be a good thing um, because you know We may learn about cancer risk that we wouldn't have otherwise known about and can make better Recommendations to a person based on that finding, but uh, in some cases, you know a person may not necessarily want that unexpected Test result again, you know if, if there's a very high risk of developing a um, a stomach cancer, for example, where where the recommendation might be to actually remove the stomach, preventatively, mm. you know, that that is a gene that we do specifically point out in a lot of cases because, again, that can be extremely difficult to to learn about, and and um, a person may be upset that they even had that a test that included that gene if they didn't know about it ahead of time. Sure
0: sure and that goes into a lot of the counseling which is what we're going to talk about in podcast two and one more question before I I let you go on this one Um, do we know what percentage of women and men in the United States have an inherited mutation um, that's linked to higher breast cancer risk is that you know has anybody been able to figure that out
1: so it's actually it's a pretty low risk in the general population um Again, BRCA one and BRCA two are the most common genes associated with hereditary breast cancer, and in the general population, um, the the chances of carrying a mutation in either of those genes is anywhere between one in five hundred to one in eight hundred. Okay. So it's pretty low. Um, now there are certain ethnicities where that that rate is higher, um, specifically. Um, In individuals who are of Eastern European Jewish descent, um, also known as Ashkenazi Jewish individuals, they have a carrier rate of 1 in 40. So 1 in 40 individuals will carry a mutation in BRCA1 or BRCA2. So we do also take into account um, ancestry, you know, when we're taking a family history as well. Okay.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Are there any other groups or is that predominantly the Ashkenazi Jew
1: Um, it's predominantly um, Ashkenazi Jewish individuals there are um, some other populations where the there are higher frequencies um, including Icelandic populations and um, Dutch as well Mm -hmm. okay okay good to know well Christina thank you so much this has been so
0: incredibly enlightening and I'm really excited for parts two and three of this and thank you